When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, April 7th, and my Wi-Fi connection is already gone to shit. I'm J.E. Skeets. Alongside me, thanks to the power of technology, fingers crossed, Tass Millis. Hey, hey, man. Welcome back. Oh, it's great to be back. Uh, we got our Top Shot Hot Boy over there, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, hey yo. yo. And making the magic happen. Filling in all week long for JD, super guest producer, Andrew Schleck. What's up, Andrew? Still hanging out in the yard with the boys. Nice. Yes. Um, something's going on here with my yard and my Wi-Fi and my computer. Uh, so, well, I'm calling it now. I'm going to drop out at some point and uh, task, take the reins and run with it like you did yesterday. You guys had a great show. Um, I did a little load management, Trey. Just took it off as we get ready for the playoffs. Yeah, it looks like your Wi-Fi is doing the same. Hopefully, it's yeah. all back ready for next week. Kicking it. Uh, had a great time up in the mountains, it looks like, though. Seeing some I dogs. Did. One dog yeah, nice. that looks like a lion, if I'm being quite honest. The lionish dog. <laughs> that, uh, that dog that looks like a lion, uh, at one point, was chasing like 11 deer through the woods. I don't know what he was going to do if he ever caught them. He didn't, but... He gave it a go, and uh, Luna was a little more baffled. Like, what is going on? What does he think he's doing? Uh, but anyway, uh, shout out to the stream team. <laughs> Joining us live right now on YouTube. Uh, subscribe, like, comment, share the show. Email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com, as you always do. Uh, before we get in to last night's games, we got some fun questions too, Tass, about like anticipated playoff matchups we want to see and players under pressure heading into the postseason and all of that. We had... A couple of wedgies. And I say a couple because we had one last night, which we'll show you in a second. But you guys missed one. I go away one day and you guys miss a wedgie. Keeps me up at night. But luckily, the No Dunks Faithful was uh, tweeting it in, Instagramming it in. And this was Tuesday night. It's Yurt7 with the very rare block slash foul wedgie on a Bridges dunk attempt uh, as it jams in there. I think some... uh, I think some technicals were even handed out on this play, if I have that correct, because uh, there was a little jarring going on after they took a look at it. So that was number 35. That was on Tuesday. That's an impressive wedgie right there. Yeah. Like, man, that would have been a monster dunk by Miles Bridges. To even get the ball to the rim still is impressive to me. The underneath, <laughs> the underneath underboob wedgie, if you will, just <laughs> hanging out at the bottom there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right, good stuff. That's Tuesday. And then we had another one last night. So wedgie number 36, and this one, also on a foul call, will give the credit to Covington Task because it was the dunk, and I don't believe there was sort of any contact from Craig on the actual ball. He obviously hit his arm, and he went down hard. He was okay, but uh, that's that's wedgie 36. So there we go. Two and two nights. It sure seems like NBA players are aware that we're not getting anywhere close to 50 wedgies, and maybe they're a little (laughs) antsy, a little feisty, because both these plays, wedgies at the rim – 
with a, a block attempt. Uh, and uh, yeah, two, two block wedgies, very rare uh, in both instances. And uh, yeah, that, that one could have been our first injury on a wedgie ever. Covington <laughs> went down there. <laughs> Luckily, he was uh, all right. But uh, yeah, I, I love that first one because uh, we had a fan text in and say, hey, you guys missed a wedgie because mm. uh, I, I I think it happened in this Heat Hornets game because I was there. Source me. But it was questionable. <laughs> it, it was it was on a foul, as you said there, Skeet. So it, it almost happened too quick. Like There was just a lot happening, but the ball did get wedged. It was a foul. And uh, yeah, we got we had two back to back nights. Very nice. Uh, so really, you're right. I mean, very rare that we have a wedgie on a foul call. For that to happen in back to back wedgies, like I don't think that's ever happened since we've been tracking this. Um, so that was wild. <laughs> and then let's take it to the next level. We had a legie last night in the Thunder Jazz game. I know Andrew was watching. <laughs> and yeah, the legie. For those that don't know, not where the ball gets stuck between the backboard and the rim like a wedgie. It just just ends up landing perfectly on the back of the rim, and it's on the ledge. It's a ledgy. It, it, this was an amazing one, Trey. That one's amazing because it comes off a bank shot. <laughs> like, you know, it's yeah. coming off the glass, which you think would mess with all kinds of rotations and stuff, but it was just meant to be. This is the rarest of the ball stalls out there by far. So anytime you see a ledgy, got to be feeling great. Oh, so, Andrew, were you watching this, you know, the Thunder game there? And, and what did you do when you saw the legend? I was. Uh, it's a big night for people who think that magnets are involved with the uh, basketball. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that's the only real explanation for, for that one. Uh, yeah, Melvin Frazier Jr., getting, getting his first play with the Thunder last night, gets a legend in his very first appearance. Uh, unbelievable. Here, say, say his name again. Melvin Frazier. Who? <laughs> Holy moly. That's why it's great to have Andrew producing because yeah. he's saying names I've never heard of. Lovely, lovely, okay. fre- fresh name. I thought it was such, it was a lie when someone said that there was a legi uh, because when someone, it just never happens. I figure that that it's person true. meant a pigeon on top of the uh-huh. backboard. Right, right. Because right. people could f- confuse those two very, very defined terms. We know what they are now, people. It's wedgie, legi, and pigeon. Yeah, I think it's is it Thurl Bailey on the call for the Jazz? Do I is, do I have that? He right? is. Uh, he does. Yeah, yeah, on that clip, he's like, "We know what a wedgie is, but what do we call this?" Mm. Uh, yeah, so he was even he's perplexed because, like Tass said, th- these happen almost never. I mean, <laughs> there's been you can go years know, without seeing a wedgie. Yeah, <laughs> like I feel like we've only ever seen since we've been counting it like. I don't know, three, maybe? Yeah, if that, two, definitely three, not three. very many, but uh, yeah. I gave all credit to Andrew on this one because since he's been <laughs> producing the show for this last, you know, uh, week, we've had a couple of 20 rebound games from Oklahoma City Thunder, and now we're getting a legy. This is crazy stuff. It was meant that's to true. be. Yeah, that's, that's right. True. We got a guy named Horde getting boards <laughs> and a guy named Melvin sticking a legy. <laughs> uh, amazing. Okay. Let's get into some of the games. Uh, and I'm going to throw two at you here first test because they go hand in hand. We're looking at the East play in race. We had the nets erasing a 21 point deficit. They sweep the season series with the Knicks. So they come back, they get that victory. And then we had Trey young scoring 30 to help the Hawks pull away from the Zards. 118, uh, 103. These teams jockey in there in the Eastern conference plan. So which one did you want to address? Well, let's start with the Nets because I know they feel like they just have to play one quarter to win. And that's what happened in the regular season and 
quite possibly in the play-in tournament, one good Nets quarter can win a basketball game. They were down going into the fourth quarter. They didn't play D at all for the first three quarters. It's like the Knicks didn't feel them at all. They're playing like they're playing a 50 and over league where they were given everyone space. I won't touch you. I won't touch you. So the Knicks held a 10 point lead. And then I don't know about you guys, but it felt like the Nets kind of were celebrating a championship when they went on that run in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Uh, they, 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 destroyed the Knicks and it felt like every time KD and Kyrie hit a shot they were running around uh pumping themselves up you know uh really banging on their chests uh and it was their first game together in Madison Square Garden because you know Kyrie has sat out so much and because of injuries last season so the first time they got together and played together in Madison Square Garden and it felt like they knew they just were going to turn it on for one quarter. And Kevin Durant in the fourth quarter alone had 13 points, uh, nine rebounds and six assists ready just to knock down every single shot and uh, create space for each other. Uh, And he ended up having 32, 10 and 11 assists uh, in this game. And he had to play the whole second half for the Nets to win this game as they try and move up in the play-in standings. They control their own destiny. If they win their last two games, they finish seventh and will host a play-in tournament game. Uh, And I mentioned Durant's minutes in the second half because he has to do a lot, not only offensively, but Trey keeps saying it. He is their best defender on the perimeter. They had him on R.J. Barrett. So they had 6'9", 6'10", 6'11", whatever Kevin Durant is against... Uh, the wing player for the Knicks, who is their best perimeter scorer, Kevin Durant has to do so much. Then he has to go board and uh, be a big man as well. I-, I think head coach Steve Nash hasn't ruled out Ben Simmons this season because he knows that Ben Simmons would be useful, even just to give KD a breath, a blow <laughs> for for a five-minute run where uh, where Kevin Durant doesn't have to play every second half minute in, in every playoff game. So I think they do control their own destiny in terms of the playing. Like if they play this well, uh, whoever they play, whether it's the, the Hawks, the Hornets, or the Cavs, uh, I, I think they can win. But it would really help if Ben Simmons was back. Good news for them that uh, Seth Curry was back in this game. Mm-hmm. Seth Curry is so, so key as the third guy. You're trying to cover KD. You're trying to cover Kyrie. And then Seth can create his own a little bit. It was weird before the game. They were saying that Seth Curry's ankle was so bad he may have to sit out the last three games. Uh, then he shows up and he starts banging home shots. So he was he was important. And uh, the Nets, uh, yeah, they, they're, again, they urinate in the eye of the regular season. They don't care. And on the second night of back-to-backs coming into this game, they were 2-11. and 11. Two and eleven on the second night of back to backs. They just don't take the regular season all that seriously, and then they they end up winning this game against a, a, a Knicks team that looked like they were playing well, uh, but then the Nets just showed all their firepower that they have. And good night, Trey. What did you think of the uh, the retrocast? I don't know if you dipped into a little ESPN two to see uh, this Knicks Nets. Uh, celebration, I guess, NBA 75 celebration, taking us through like the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s with all the uh, graphic presentations and the black and white at first. Did you see any of that? No, 
Oh. No, I only saw it a little bit uh, on the recaps. You know, they'll like they'll be like, "Oh, this is what you could be seeing over at ESPN 2 uh, But I guess I was living <laughs> in the early '90s when there was just the regular ESPN out there. Uh, right. How are those <laughs> score bugs looking? I saw they went with the old one where they just flash it up like every <laughs> like once a quarter. We should go back to that so you don't know what the score is. Yeah, mm. I mean, I didn't watch the whole thing on ESPN two. Tass, I don't know if you caught any. Um, I, I feel like were you tweeting about it at all? I can't remember but anyway uh it was fine whatever i mean it's it's always like i guess i was a little confused why they were doing it last night so that I people mean, would d- watch a game that doesn't really matter same yeah, reason maybe. they did the marvel superheroes thing last year which would yeah. you prefer seeing 75 years of nba score bugs or <laughs> 30 years of marvel history take your pick yeah. well at least last night they had a lot of well, some people hate them, I guess, but we're interviewing a lot of legends. You know, they had Marvon for a while and Kareem and Oscar and stuff like that. So there was that nice little twist. It was it was totally fine, Tass. I mean, that's what I thought. <laughs> it's a classic. Okay, that was different if you wanted to watch it. Yeah, I watched exactly the same amount as Trey. I saw the score bug. I saw the yellow jackets. I thought that was the most prominent yeah. <laughs> thing that I saw. The yellow blazers, the mustard blazers, kind of nice. Yeah, kind of nice. <laughs> Not sure. That's it. <laughs> That's all I watched. Yeah. I mean, I, the scorebook hasn't really changed all that much. I know it's black and white, but really just shows you the score like it did 40 years ago. It's not like crazy different. I mean, the colors are different. You know, they update a lot faster. Um, timeouts are on there. Hasn't changed that much. Though. I like that they, I at least like that they did like. Again, it was like in the 60s, then it was updated to the 70s version, then the 80s. Like, that was fine. Like, as the quarters went along. Like, I think in the fourth quarter, it was like, here's the 90s, you know, sort of uh, classic scorebook. Yeah, it takes you back as uh, growing up in that time. You're like, oh, yeah. Nice. I remember that look. I remember that vibe. Honestly, <laughs> it was giving me flashbacks to our uh, April 1st uh, throwback show where mm. we pretended we were doing a 90s show. I was like, oh, yeah. Mm. That was the same idea. And they, I think even we put more effort into it. <laughs> anyway. uh, okay, so anyway, Nets get the win. Uh, any comments on that one, Trey, the actual game or the Hawks, you know, keeping close here. Like this is, they're playing for something here, these teams. I mean, Tass says, are the Nets really scared of whoever they'd have to play? Probably not. But I'll tell you what, I bet they'd rather play just one game and win once to get into the actual playoffs than to have to do it twice. And, you know, obviously getting into that 9-10 spot. Well, that's all they're going to need to do, Skeets. The Nets are going to get the seven seed pretty easily here. They have to beat Cleveland. Uh, that's a big game, so not really worried about that one because you know the Nets are going to show up for a big game. I'm honestly a little bit more worried about them beating the Indiana Pacers in their last game of the season just because that's the kind of game you could easily overlook and be like, ah, whatever, it's the last game of the year. They don't want to win. We should take this one easily. Next thing you know, Tyrese Halliburton puts up a 20-point, 20-assist kind of game just because nobody's locked in except for one player. And that can definitely make a difference. That being said, I do think the Nets are going to take care of business, and then I think they're going to destroy whoever they play uh, in the eighth seed because they know that anytime they need to, they can go to that smaller lineup and be impossible to guard. It's Katie and Kyrie, who are two of the best ISO players in the league. Then they throw out Patty Mills, who had uh, four for four from three-point shooting last night in the fourth quarter. Seth Curry, who's been one of the better three-point shooters in the league for the past three or four seasons. And then Bruce Brown, who's one of their better defenders and a solid short roll guy who can distribute. That's an unstoppable lineup, and they just have to play enough defense And I like what Tass is saying about Kevin Durant. He's got to do a whole bunch out there, but that's better. KD loves when he's got a ton on his shoulders. We saw earlier in the year when 
you know, James Harden was sitting out, Kyrie Irving was sitting out, there were injuries up and down, and it was like Kevin Durant and four guys who could have been in the G League, and he was going out and playing 45 minutes a night just because he loves hooping out there. So that's a tough lineup to stop. They're going to give up points on the other end, but at least when they're playing small, KD can guard on the perimeter, and he can also be a little bit near the rim if they need him to, to clear the glass and bring the ball up the court. So that's their cheat code, and they've been unlocking it here late in the season. You know, they're going to go into the playoffs most likely on a five-game win streak. They're peaking at basically the right time, getting all kinds of good news, and who knows what happens with Ben Simmons, but for the play-in tournament, they don't need him at all. I would be shocked if anybody else but the Nets is the seventh seed. Yeah, and here's a look uh, just quickly at the playoff picture as of this morning, April 7th, uh, zeroing in on the play-in race there in the East. Yeah, Cleveland still sits at seventh. Nets there at eighth. Hawks, big win again over the Wizards last night. Keeps them, you know, tied with the overall record there with the Nets, but they got the tiebreaker and then the Hornets at 10. So uh, I guess Lee is, it's looking likely that Lee's going to get a home Hawks game in the uh, play-in next week. So he'll be down there getting his standing room only uh, tickets for sure. Cause it, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it does feel like it's going to be the way it is here. This is my gut with only a couple games left task that it will be probably the Nets beating the Cavs and then the Cavs getting one more chance against either a Hawks or Hornets, whoever comes out of that one. And it'd be tough to pick against the Hawks right now, the way, you know, Trey Young is playing and Gallinari with 26 and 10 last night and bogey hitting threes. Like they're playing pretty well too. This without John Collins. Yeah, this was uh also, uh, sort of like the Nets just turning it on for what they needed to do. I, I was reminded of Trey Young last year in the postseason when he turned it on against the, the Knicks watching the Hawks uh, take care of the Wizards because Trey was kind of quiet. He had 11 points with about two and a half minutes left in the third quarter and then went on a Trey run. Mm-hmm. It was all him to end the third quarter. He scored 14 straight for the Hawks to end that quarter. So he went from 11 to 25 and uh, won this game for them, essentially. So... I think there's a good chance that we could see actually uh, Nets Hawks uh, in the seven eight matchup because uh, the Nets can give the Cavs another loss there, and mm-hmm. if the Hawks win out, they have the tiebreaker over the Cavs. Uh, so we could easily see, I think, uh, yeah, Nets versus the Hawks, which would be great. Which would be Trey uh, visiting uh, New York in a mm-hmm. different fashion. It wouldn't be an MSG, and uh, that would. That would be superstar versus superstar as well. So, yeah, in a different way, I think the Hawks are getting it together. They've got, it feels like a deeper team. They've got a rotation going. But, uh, yeah, the Nets have the superstars. So that would be a, a an amazing battle. Unfortunately, the Cavs, yeah, not playing their best right now and have these injuries. So, uh, yeah, we may see. We may see a couple teams sort of limp into that tournament. Uh, but hopefully they get back Jared Allen and, um, and Mobley as the days go on here. Um, speaking of a team limping, uh, right now, we'll go to the Bulls here next. The Celtic cr- crushed them. They got their 50th victory. They closed in on the number two spot in the East, so that's still up in the air. But your Bulls there, uh, Trey, what's the record going around? Everybody wants everybody to know. One in 14, I guess, against the top four teams in the East. I feel like that's what it is at this point. Um, but what do you think of this one? Well, I'm just sorry Obama had to see this. That was, that was <laughs> sad to me. He shows up there. He's hanging out with Benny the Bull. And of course, the Bulls got absolutely smoked by another contender. But I checked the standings this morning and they're still in the playoffs. So still a good season as far as I'm concerned. Celtics had 20 assists on 26 makes in the first half of this one. They finished with 29 easy assists. It was basically if you pass the ball, it was going to be an assist. If you're the Celtics, they finished with 17 threes on 46% shooting from outside. 
they just never felt the Bulls. The Bulls were never competitive. And this was the potential good matchup in the playoffs for the Bulls as, <laughs> you know, this is the only singular team that the Bulls have beaten in the top four. And that was way back in November. I'm sure John Schumann's coming through to dunk on me in the stream team. But at this point, I'm just making sure to get home for game three because I'm not sure there's going to be a game six. I'm not sure there's going to be a game five, and I don't want to see the sweep game, but it's all good because like I checked uh, this morning, the Bulls still are in the playoffs. So so that's good stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know what you're going to take from this one. Like Jason Tatum was probably the star of the game for the Celtics, and he scored like 12 points because everybody scored 12 <laughs> points for the Celtics. Yeah, yeah, Tatum shot 5 of 18 in this one. Uh, I, I guess I would say Jalen Brown is balling right now. Um, I think it's maybe getting overlooked because of all these, like, uh, you know, the discussions about MVP and even, like, oh, who's all NBA? All NBA? You know, is Trey done enough? Is he going to get in there and all that? And, uh, you know, Jalen Brown is not going to make an all NBA team, but my God, when he plays like this, like, he's on a nice five or six game run here, Tass, where, again, he's just putting up incredible numbers, doing it all. And it's just the, the Celtics are, they're just a different team as we've seen in the last couple months when he's playing at that sort of, at that level of an all-star type guy. Um, they're dangerous when you pair him with Tatum. So this is just a dominant victory from them. And they look amazing here as we get down to the home stretch. Yeah, I don't know if I'm sort of overblowing how each of the top Eastern Conference teams has a legit shot at getting to the NBA Finals. And by top teams, I mean Miami, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and the Celtics. I, I think those four teams legit, legitimately, no one would be surprised if any of them made it uh, to mm-hmm. the finals. I, I am, am I just living in the moment? Because it doesn't feel like there's four legit teams year to year that can make it. But mm-hmm. and I'm not, I'm not just looking at the record. It's, it's more about how they're playing. I mean, the, the Raps are only you know three wins less uh, than the you know the fourth place Sixers, uh, but. Uh, it, I'm not including them at this point, but I, I, is there usually four teams? Is, or is, no, I, no, not usually. No, usually there's a runaway leader. We were there's a runaway about- leader. Then there's a second one you can try and convince yourself. And then, yeah, very rarely I think you even get into a third team. Good, and then, good. look, you said four, and you've got to probably put the Nets in there. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah I, mean, I, know, I know you're a believer, so that's that's five that could go to the finals for sure. Yeah, I, I, I do think the Nets have to turn it up somewhere. They can't just you know, play quarter yeah. to quarter the way they're doing it. Uh, but maybe they do. Uh, but still, um, yeah, but you've got four teams between 49 and 52 wins. And I don't think it's just that there isn't, a, you know, a 60 win team in there. I just think that all these teams have had a, a bit of a down part of their season, I guess. And so the Celtics are obviously riding high right now and uh, feeling absolutely great. Well, yeah, the, as the Bulls said, I mean, Trace, Trace said that there may not be a game six. And it feels like everybody who who is a fan of the Bulls, who writes about the Bulls, is in that same sent- sentiment. How long is this playoff run going to last? Four or five? Probably not six. And that's stakes uh, for a, you know, a 45-win team that um, you know was – Felt like they could join that that group of four. Mm-hmm. It feels like the Raptors are definitely a lot closer uh, to that group of four than uh, the Bulls are right, right. now. Right. Yeah, and it's fascinating here, Trey, to see like do do these teams these these teams that we've just listed that tested like is the third seed like the most coveted seed because of all of the hijinks going on in the play in like possibility that you would have to face obviously the Nets and Durant, but even Trey Young and the Hawks, let's say in a one eight, like you don't really maybe want to. 
Feels like you want to play the Bulls. So, like, does everybody just want the third seed if Chicago stays at the six, which it looks like they are? Well, I mean, come on. The Bulls are easily the most beatable team in the top yeah. six, unless you're the Raptors, who did lose three games against the Bulls this year in four of their <laughs> matchups. If only if only that counted as a top four seed yeah. victory. Uh, nonetheless, of course you want to play the Bulls, but do you want to give up home court advantage in the second round of the playoffs? I mean, do you want... Like, if the, if the, uh, if the Celtics stay in the number two seed... And the Nets get out of the play-in tournament as the seven. That's going to be tough. And then yeah. say the Nets take down the Celtics in the first round. Then you've dropped down to three, and now you got to play Brooklyn at, in the Barclays Center. you got to think next level because, honestly, any team's going to beat the Bulls in the playoffs at this point unless there happens to be injuries for their opponents. So, I don't know. I think we'll see a little a little jockeying, some shenanigans. But at this point, it's like, like Tass is saying, all four of those teams that are in the top half of the Eastern Conference bracket think they can make it to the conference finals, if not the finals. They probably don't care exactly who they have to play in the first round. Yeah. Uh, let's go over to the West because we have Norman Powell. The general was back last night uh, and he put up a game high 24 in his return and the Clippers beat the uh, the B-Suns, Tass. Uh, they, they rested a lot of their big names, but uh, <laughs> they had a huge lead. Nearly gave it all back, but they got the victory. And I mean, really, what'd you think of Norman Powell? And, and you know, he sounds pretty damn confident about this Clippers team moving forward. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm watching them. It had flashbacks to the last couple post seasons where, you know, they are a solid bunch. Uh, so, yeah, they're getting every weapon back. Now it's just Kawhi time. When's Kawhi coming back? They got Paul George back. They got Norman Powell back yesterday. Uh, as we talked about yesterday, Kawhi on the practice court, not on the game court quite yet. But who knows? Uh, they they need a guy like Norman Powell, though, uh, for that 7-8 play in game that they are bound to play the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, because he gets to the line, Uh, you know, unlike the rest of their lineup, uh, they've got Paul George, as I mentioned, Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, Batum, Zubats. And then, you know, on the bench, it's Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, Robert Covington. They need a guy who will drive. And uh, besides Paul George, Norman Powell could be that guy. He was a scorching hot yesterday, showed that he could do that. He had 10 free throws and he scored 24 points in 23 minutes uh, we've seen what he did for the championship Raptors. He can really help out, hit his first six shots in this game. Uh, and uh, yeah, coming off the bench, uh, he outscored the Suns 13-9. The Suns scored nine points. It was 60-31 at half. Uh, but the Suns, yeah, as you said, they're they're ready to chill. Uh, they're resting Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Aiton, and, and Crowder. And so uh, Norm Powell out for two months before last night. A wonderful addition. And it looks like that that really difficult team that nobody really wants to play either. I think the Timberwolves, if they ended up in the seventh seed, like it looks like they will, are uh, not extremely happy to see this Clippers team that will have to go on the road to Minnesota where they play well. If you remember last year in the playoffs, played uh, damn well on the road. So I'm, I would be scared uh, of this Clippers team as they round into form. Yeah, 40 and 40 now uh, is their record. Though they did have a 39-point lead in this one, Trey. And it got down to like a four-point game. It would have been the biggest like blown lead in NBA history uh, if the Suns had had pulled it off in the end. But 39 is a hell of a lot. Uh, and uh, they held on for the victory. But what do you think of... What do you think? Like, you know, Norman Powell saying, we're a dangerous team. Like, we can be here. Do you buy that at all? Or is that just like, of course they're going to say that? Or are you convinced, like Tass sounds to be over the last couple of shows? Like, this Clippers team is... They're feisty. They got well coached. They obviously got Paul George back. Who knows with Kawhi? And now Powell's back and he looked great. 
I think the Clippers are a definitely a dangerous play-in team, and if they get to the seventh seed, if they are able to knock off the the Timberwolves there, like the the Grizzlies should be a little bit scared, I would think, just because this is a team that has a ton of postseason experience. Uh, some of them have played together, some haven't, but all of the guys have been there and they've got a lot of ball handlers, which I think is going to be, um, super important. That's obviously, you know, we see a ton of the times in playoffs. It's like maybe Paul George gets super, super hot. So then you have to adjust your defense. You're going to do anything you can to have anybody, but Paul George beat you. Reggie Jackson's been really solid this season. He's got some of the most, uh, some of the best clutch stats in the league so far this year. Norm Powell's obviously a solid uh, secondary or tertiary score. I don't think Kawhi is going to come back, but if he does, mm-hmm. that gives uh, the Clippers yet another option. And Luke Kennard is a good shooter as well. So they got a lot of perimeter options there. And they've got a very deep team who understands their roles and how to make things tough on defense. They've had an identity since last year's playoffs. They're going to play small. They're going to play one big guy. Hartenstein's been a nice uh, addition for them this year. Zubac can obviously uh, give you some physicality inside and set good screens. So they're going to be a tough team. I don't think they're going much farther than the second round, but I think it's possible they get to the second round out of the play-in tournament. Yeah, I actually think it would be a good thing. This sounds weird, but I always like when a team, especially like the Grizzlies, who are like sort of new to the game here and and have plans to go far, but we don't know because they're so young, uh, if they will. I like to be tested. I like when they're like really tested in a first-round series. Like it's a hell of a wake-up call. Um, you know, maybe it goes long, like six or seven, but you pull it off. Like that can help your chances moving forward. I think, uh, sometimes it's like almost better in a weird way, in my opinion, than just waxing a team that you're like clearly better than. Cause it's like, you're not really getting maybe the, the playoff like reps that you'll want moving forward as the series get more and more difficult. So maybe it, uh, works out even in a Grizzlies favor. The Suns I'm not worried about at all. Like, like, you know, the, the fully loaded Suns are going to, I think, handle either the Wolves or the Clippers or whoever the hell it is. Uh, that gets the eight seed pretty handedly, but the Grizzlies could be in for a fight and that could be a good thing. I would still have them winning, but yeah, Clippers look feisty and this is the healthiest they've been all season, which is huge. Other games last night, uh, just quick, the Jazz crushed the Thunder 137 to 101. Uh, so that's their fifth straight victory. I know we've got some uh, Quinn Snyder content coming up later uh, in the show. So stick around Quinn for 10. that. Yes. And uh, we also had the Mavericks pummeling the Pistons for their 50th win. So we had the Celtics getting number 50. We had the Mavericks getting number 50 last night as uh, Dallas, I mean, inches closer task to wrapping up home court advantage. It's, it's, I don't think it's technically a given yet. It's not locked in, but the magic number has got to be like one for them to have a, you know, actually host a series at home in the first round for the first time since like 2011, since their championship run. Yeah. And, uh, I think it's been obviously a phenomenal season for the Mavs to get this home court advantage. And I think something that's flying under the radar with this Mavs team is how good Jason Kidd has got them to play defensively. This They played the Pistons last night. The Pistons are, you know, giving everyone a run for their money here at the end of the season. And they weren't able to against the Mavs who are uh, doing a good job of pl- uh, placing Luca in spots where he doesn't have to be involved in the action at all times. And uh, I think kudos to Jason Kidd for doing that and for getting his team to play ridiculously hard. And uh, that that being uh, one reason why I had Luca on my first All-NBA team is just their big accomplishment of getting up there to a, a top four seed uh, with you know, as everyone puts it, Luca and and the others, uh, which is disrespectful to everybody else. But they're accomplishing uh, a lot uh, this season. So it's a great year for uh, Jason Kidd, who has been labeled as a quote unquote bad coach, but he's having a good coaching season. 
Oh yeah, I mean the the others when they when the others hit threes, the Mavericks look at times to me like very difficult because of their defense. Because you have Luca, but then you have like last night Reggie Bullock three for five. Uh, you know, good Gord, Dorian Finney-Smith, three for five. Bertans, three for five. You're always going to love that. Josh Green even hit a couple off the bench. These, he's going to set them up. If they knock them down at that type of consistency, I mean, last night was 45% from three, so that's probably not going to happen uh, every night there in the playoffs. But man, flirting around 38, 39, 40% in these games, they, they could win a lot of games with that sort of combo. Superstar talent in Luka, three-point shooting in a lot of these guys. And like those guys, are, that's not like crazy for them to hit those type of numbers. And then defense, hell yeah. They, they... I mean, I love that their goal here, Trey, feels to be like, we want home court advantage, and we obviously want to win a series under Luka for the first time in franchise history. Like, I, I feel like that is, like, their goal. It's a fair goal to have. Who knows then moving forward, but I love it. 100%. They need home court advantage. They haven't had it yet in a playoff series that Luka yeah. has played in, and you're going to expect better shooting from your role players playing at home. And like you're saying, Skeets, yeah. that's the offense for the Mavericks. It's Luka. It's somebody rolling to the rim unless it's Kleba, in which case he's probably going to be popping. And then it's three-point shooting from Brunson and Bullock and hopefully Dinwiddie if he's able to hit. And Bertans, because, like, Bertans is not going to be able to stay on the court in the playoffs unless he's making threes. And I think that's going to be the case for a whole bunch of players. Dorian Finney-Smith is going to be the absolute key for that team in the playoffs because they need him for his defense, just like they need Reggie Bullock. But you don't leave Reggie Bullock uh, as a three-point shooter because he has a rep as a shooter. Finney-Smith has shot the ball incredibly well this year, but that's going to be the player that opponents gamble off of and say, hey, hmm. We're going to make it tough for Luka. Can you beat us, Dorian Finney-Smith? If he can, the Mavs are going to advance. And if he's bricky, then they're going to really struggle uh, come playoff time. As for the Jazz, back-to-back 20-point games for Rudy Gobert. He was 9 of 9 last night against the Thunder, which is nice. And he actually had a nice game against the Grizzlies, which we didn't really talk about too much on last night's show. 22 points, 21 rebounds. And they were going to him in the fourth quarter of that game. You can tell that the Jazz have made a little bit of a concerted effort here to get Gobert involved offensively going into the playoffs. I don't think you're going to be counting on him as a 20-point-per-game scorer come playoff time. But it's got to be good for the chemistry to hook the big guy up occasionally. Yeah. Uh, you know, was uh, this helped out by no Donovan Mitchell playing last night? Uh, <laughs> Gobert getting more more touches. Conley is a good passer. Conley will get the ball to Rudy Gobert. He didn't play last night though. Either. No, but he played no. against the the Grizzlies, yeah, and he Grizzlies. was getting to uh, he was getting to be the guy who initiated the offense a whole bunch. And there are times where you'll see Mitchell look inside. He sees the the mismatch with uh, Rudy Gobert, and he just won't throw it in. Maybe he's not quite as comfortable with the pass, but Conley's been throwing entry passes to big guys for his entire career, so he'll just throw it up. And I think that's super uh, beneficial to the Jazz. It just gives... It just gives Rudy Gobert something to do. And that's all he wants out there, man. He just wants to be involved on that end of the court. He'll hold it down on the other end. So, you know, the Jazz hit a rough patch about two weeks ago, and they've recovered all right here. Yeah. Rudy Gobert just wants to be loved, for sure. That's right. That's exactly Uh, right. His love language is alley-oops and awards. I think uh, Tim McMahon said that. Everybody has a different love language out there. Some people, it's words of affirmation. For me, it's (laughs) gifts, just like Rudy Gobert. That's exactly right. I love this from uh, Four Morning Poops before we take our first break. 
Can you beat us, Dorian Finney-Smith? <laughs> Sounds like the opening line to an unpublished Dickens novel. <laughs> That's a good comment. Uh, and on that note, we'll take our first break. I'll try and fix my Wi-Fi, although it is holding on so far, uh, 35 minutes in. And we'll I'll come turn back down my some... volume. I'll turn down my volume. Okay, Everyone yeah, Tass is apparently pretty loud. Oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, JD goes away. Everything starts falling apart. Andrew, hold us together, man. Uh, we'll be right back, though, guys. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. All right, back with no dunks here. Wi-Fi still garbage. I should have just stayed at the cottage if it was going to be this bad. I'm surprised uh, you went to Lee's house. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I had a, I had a, a decision to make here during the break. Can I reset my router in the time of that five to six minute ad break? And I was like, there's no way it'll be back. I just like, uh, it, it takes way longer than it should, Tass. I'm convinced. So it's like, I just got to stick with this, unfortunately. I'll do it after the show. I guess I'm fuzzy. They're calling me, calling me Steph Blurry in the stream. Team. 
That's a good one. And, yeah. uh, with the way No Dunks reads ads, though, yeah, you said five. I think you could have got. I think you could have done it. Ah, <laughs> uh, it takes it takes longer than five minutes for that thing to power up. You know it does. Oh, I do. I know. Anyway, uh, got some questions for you guys here. Questions for the stream team as well. Play along. Let's hear your answers. I'll just jump right to the first one. Uh, I believe this was inspired from our guy, Ben Golliver of the Washington Post. He had this sort of as one of his main topics in his newsletter recently. But which star, guys, entering the playoffs here, because we're into the playoffs very soon, which star entering the playoffs is under the most pressure, do you think? And for what reason? Um, Trey, where does your mind go to? We asked a similar question in our preseason preview podcast. Which player is under the most pressure this season? And for me, it was Joel Embiid in the preseason. I'm sticking with it for the playoffs, and I will throw James Harden in the mix as well. We've seen an MVP-like season for Embiid, no matter what happens with the voting. He did everything that people asked, myself included. He played a ton of games. He carried his team without Ben Simmons around. He grew his game. He could lead the league in scoring. He's still giving it defensively as well. But the next step is doing it in the postseason for the entirety of his tenure in the postseason because we've seen some monster performances from Embiid throughout the years. And we've also seen him slow down at times, kind of run out of steam as series progress. He's had some turnover problems when things get a little hairy, so there are improvements to be made. And we've definitely seen the Sixers struggle in the past whenever Joel Embiid goes to the bench, which is why Harden is under a ton of pressure. Uh, going into the playoffs as well. Everybody knows his rep at this point. Uh, we've seen a lot of two for 11 games. Zach Lowe has a great rundown of it from a couple of years back, and it hasn't gotten any better in the meantime. We've seen the good in Philly when he first got there. He was running around. He was going to the corner. He was uh, playing in transition. And then we've also seen the bad in Philly, where it just seems like he's not completely engaged in the game. And he's just looking like he's limping around out there. None of it really matters until we see Harden have, you know, 25 point, 12 assist games in these high leverage games because he's had some disappearing acts in the past. The NBA finals to me has to be the goal for the 76ers and anything else has to be a disappointment. So shout out to Louisa. That's pressure like a drip, drip, drip. That'll never stop until they look like world beaters, until they look like a legitimate championship contender. Because we talk about these top four teams in the Eastern Conference, and maybe the Celtics are the team you want to play because they just lost Robert Williams. But the Sixers are pretty high up on that list, too, because people do not trust those two come playoff time to show up every single night. So that's a lot of pressure for both of those guys. Yeah, when it comes to Joel Embiid, because I think the obvious answer that people will say is Harden, just because, yeah, he shit the bed so many times before, and now he's like sort of forced his way out of Brooklyn, and he's with an MVP-like guy in Embiid. Like, you got to do some things here. But Embiid is interesting. Like, I'm glad you brought him up, Trey, because he's yet to make it out of the second round. And this is like, for two years running, either the MVP runner-up or maybe even the winner this year, who knows how they vote. He only has three playoff series victories, and they're against like, you know, pretty bad teams, if we're being honest. 44 win Heat in 2018, the 42 win Nets in 2019, and the 34-win Wizards in 2021. That's that's it. So for him to be really on the level of your Giannis's and your Jokic's and your Tatum's and your Bookers and your Trey Young, even like at this point, like those guys have better postseason resumes uh than Embiid, and they're all younger than him. So he needs to and he's done it all season long. He needs to continue in the playoffs to uh put that team on his back and and uh Get a couple more playoff victories in them. Uh, serious victories in them, I think. So I like that one. Tass, is there any other one that comes to mind? Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Embiid with a bullet, number one. Definitely not Harden on that team. Uh, it, it's going to be Embiid in the fourth quarters that is uh, relied upon a lot. So 
in that light, I kind of think uh, Donovan Mitchell has a lot of pressure on him because mm. he takes it upon himself in fourth quarters to do everything. And so that's going to be a, a difficult task for him. Uh, Luka Doncic has to get out of the first round, as we yep. talked about. Uh, and this one's an odd one. Uh, but John Morant, who is in the playoffs for the first time. So is there any pressure on him? I guess not. From from our perspective, no, he can just show up in the postseason. If he loses, that's okay again because it's his first time. But I think when it comes to basketball, there will be a lot of pressure on him because the Grizzlies have the fourth best offense this season, but a lot of that is generated uh, because they generate turnovers themselves and transition opportunities. They have the best transition offense. So they go from the fourth best offense if you take away those transition opportunities, they drop to the 22nd ranked offense in just half court opportunities. So I think mm-hmm. John Morant's going to have a lot of pressure on himself uh, to create uh, in the half court. Dane Moore with that great stat. So it's it's going to be a lot of, hey, the, the other team's playing well in terms of uh, getting back and, and stopping easy buckets and second chance opportunities, which the Grizzlies also uh, like to subsist on. So that's that's a pressure on, on Ja in that instance. And then I guess I guess people are throwing up to Chris Paul, hey, there's pressure on him because he hasn't won a championship yet and he's going to be the favorite in every series. His team's going to be the favorite in every series. His team's mm-hmm. going to have home court in every series. And so I guess there is a little pressure uh, because this is the first time in his career that that's going to happen. They are by far and away the best team. So I guess there's some pressure uh, there, but there's think- some, there's some, but I feel like there's less after they went to the finals yeah. last year. But man, no, he needs to get, he wants to get that ring, and that'd be huge for his uh, his overall legacy, I guess. Uh, just a quick correction on the Grizzlies too; they did make the playoffs last year. They played the Jazz. Jazz <laughs> had a forty-seven point game. Oh, last that's my year. bad. Yeah, yeah. so they got a little. They taste. got out of the play-in tournament. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Little taste there, losing in five to Utah uh, in last year's playoffs. But I love the Donovan Mitchell call. I think that's a great one that I hadn't thought of. Um, what about Kyrie? Kyrie under pressure to like you know <laughs> play and deliver to help out Kevin Durant, or or is he not? Because he's obviously has a title and he's just a he's a different cat. And <laughs> what do you think, Trey? Well, I mean, I think he's under pressure because the Nets need to have great performances from Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving every single night if they're going to actually challenge for a championship this season. So I think there's pressure from that standpoint because we just saw him have, what, like a 35-point game, but it took him 32 shots. That's not going to cut it in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So I think there's pressure from that standpoint. And there's also a chance that, like, he could be playing in Boston uh, against the Celtics. So I think there'll be pressure from there from a legacy. I mean, he's got a title. He had a game winning shot in a game seven over a 73 win team. So he's kind of made a little bit in my book, but uh, obviously he wants to get a second one being the guy who recruited Kevin Durant to come along with him to the Nets. But I think, uh, I think Mitchell is under a ton of pressure. Mitchell and Gobert are right now, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin at the end of their tenure with the Clippers where you're trying to say, Hey, can we keep this thing together? Let's give it one more run. It didn't work out the last time or the time before that or the time before that, but maybe this is the one. And when Mm -hmm. you're playing like that, when you're playing knowing that uh, if you lose four times, this could be the end of things for this era that's really been your entire career, that's tough. Yeah. All right, our next question here. Um, Tass, you can get us started. Which potential, so it's got to be a realistic one, of course, like which potential first round series do you most want to see? Like, you're just like, fingers crossed, give me that one, give me the popcorn, uh, and what's your reason why that you would pick this one? 
I think this one's obvious. The Sixers versus the Brooklyn Nets. I know we were all a little disappointed on March 10th when uh, the Sixers <laughs> went to Philly and blew the doors off, but a playoff series uh, where Harden goes against the team he requested a trade from, demanded out, and on the other side, Durant and Kyrie against the guy who left them. I think that's sort of uh, an underrated part of this. They want to uh, kick Harden's ass just as much as Harden would want to beat them. Joel Embiid versus Andre Drummond, a guy who he's owned in the past. He's clowned in the past. Uh, that would be fun. Seth Curry against his father-in-law. Some some good little uh, bites for next Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, Doc Rivers. So I, I think that one's the obvious one. Am I... Am I just uh, still still hoping for a good series uh, like what we all hope for on March 10th? I, I, I just I just legitimately think though that series has the most storylines, the most little mm-hmm. nuggets of everything. Now, there's probably some better basketball-y ones, but I, that one's the obvious one for me. Yeah. I, I okay. think that would be a, a good a good uh, a good battle. Also, you know, let's have a local rivalry as well. They're pretty close. I mean, I think, I think there'll be, uh, you know, some crazy fans there as well. Fans traveling. Uh, it should be fun. Okay, so you want Sixers-Nets, uh, which would at this point have to be a 2-7. A two, a two I, I mean, I guess 1-8 could technically still happen, but the Sixers are 2.5 back from the Heat. So, okay. Uh, they're right there, though, only a half game back to the Celtics for the second seed right now. So 2-7, Sixers-Nets, Tass wants it because he wants revenge for us not being able to fly to that game uh, (laughs) or deciding not to fly to that game, and that was the right decision in the end. But what about you, Trey? Well, to me, it doesn't really matter who the Nets play in the first round because that's going to be a conference finals-ish kind of matchup because they got to go against one of those top four in the Eastern Conference. So that is a lock-it-in, guaranteed going to be awesome. Regardless of how everything plays out, I've got my popcorn ready for the Mavericks versus the Jazz just because that feels like it could be the breaking point for the Jazz. And we've seen them struggle uh, against small ball teams like the Mavs would be able to play. And Luka, it'd be cool to see him win a playoff series at some point. But I also love the idea of the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies facing off. If the Grizzlies hang on to number uh, they're number two, but if the, if the Timberwolves are able to hang on to the seventh spot, Those are two teams that have been a ton of fun to watch this season. You know, I feel like through the first two thirds of the season, probably the Grizzlies were everybody's second favorite team. Obviously with John Morant going out, they've been able to string together these wins despite having their MVP uh, on the court. So that's been really impressive. And then in the last third of the season, it was fun to be a Timberwolves fan as well. You know, they kind of climbed up into the, into the, uh, the league pass rankings, if you will. So it would at least be a fun a fun sort of matchup between a bunch of a bunch of you know we haven't seen the Timberwolves really in the playoffs. Anthony Edwards that would be his first taste. Uh, Towns with a much bigger, uh, much more established at this point. So I think that would be a fun one to watch as well. Um, seeing some votes here in the stream team for uh, well anybody that the Wolves play because they just want in the playoffs. Okay, there's that. Also got some Hawks Sixers love out there. You know, a little rematch. Run that back. Uh, potential two seven i guess as well just like a like like a like um like a sixers um nets would be so yeah i hadn't really thought about that you know trey young going against philly again could be something there and uh there was some love even for a for a suns clippers like we saw last night yeah if you believe that the clippers are going to be a tough out then uh that that could be a fun series i still think uh, phoenix would take care of business there but maybe you think uh differently than i do so 
I just can't wait for these to start. Um, it's time. Let's go. I love that the play-in starts on what, Tuesday? Holy crap. Today's Thursday? We got one more drop podcast till the playoffs? Woo! Well, I guess, well, technically two. We got tomorrow's, and then the playoffs won't have technically started until the Saturday. But that's fine. It'll be perfect. We'll do all our uh, our previews for those series on that Friday drop podcast. Okay, one more question here. And this one, inspired by our guy, John Hollinger at The Athletic, who yesterday did a big, long article on who he's taking in a lot of the awards. Now, he doesn't have an official vote, but like who he was sort of thinking about going with. And the que- the question I'm asking is, besides the MVP, because we've talked about that ad nauseum, is which NBA award has your full attention? Which one are you just most intrigued by? It's piqued your interest. You're following closely. Uh, I-, I will say the one thing that Hollander had in his article that caught a lot of people by surprise is he didn't have Tyler Hero for sixth man of the year. Went with Kevin Love instead. And it was like, why are we so infatuated with just points off the bench? And that's the way it's been with six man, which Hero has, I mean, I think he averages over 20 points per game off the bench. It's crazy. But he says, no, Kevin Love's better. Not sure I agree with that. But I am watching, I, I know you'll hate this, Trey, the defensive player of the year, the defensive award. Because I'm not, I'm not sure who's going to win this. This one feels like, is Jaron Jackson Jr. going to win it? That's Hollinger's case. Made a fine case for him. I mean, I know Lee's been going to bat for him. Uh, because, you know, as soon as Draymond Green missed half the season, it was like, I guess this could be anyone's. Like, Rudy could win it again. Maybe Bam. What about a guard? Smart. Bridges. Some love out there for Holiday. But Hollander goes Jackson Jr. Again, like Lee. And with the Grizzlies going 20-3 and three in games that John Moran missed and him being a big part of that fourth-ranked defense, that's, that's big. He leads the league in stocks. By a wide margin, your steals and your blocks, got a high block rate, and he just protects the rim. He laid out a great case for Jaron Jackson Jr. as a DPOI. Um, but I think I still feel like Marcus Smart is going to get a lot of uh, votes from the people out there that actually have one because of the Celtics defense. And with Robert Williams now out, uh, you know, it's, I've said this before, they might look at it like it's sort of a team award, but you're the guy, you're the captain of that defense. So here you go. So uh, that's my answer. Uh, I can't believe I'm somewhat interested in a defensive player of the year race but i'm just interested in the fact that i i don't know who's going to win this one where a lot of the other ones it feels sort of locked up what do you have trey yeah the defensive player of the year is kind of funny because it would have been draymond green if he had stayed healthy uh Kawhi leonard is obviously a guy who would be in the mix for it but he hasn't played this season and rudy gobert has missed a nice chunk of time so it feels like at least there's an opportunity for somebody else to get in on here but you got to be a true sicko to get fired up about defensive player yep. of the year because you start hearing about deflections and stocks. I don't think you hear <laughs> about those at all until it's April and people are starting to make their case. So, yeah, that one definitely feels like it's up for grabs. Uh, MIP probably up for grabs, though uh, Jean Morant is a major favorite. Rookie of the year, could we have a tie? I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world. Like, a tie for an award mm. sounds ridiculous. But Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes have, like, identical cases. For rookie yeah, of the yeah. year, and they've both been performing for the entirety of the year for teams that both are going into the postseason, and they're both like linchpins of their defense. Obviously, Jarrett Allen is the number one defensive guy uh, for the Cavs, but Evan Mobley and his ability to be an all-defense-like player as a rookie has made the Cavs into their defense just as much as Jarrett Allen has, maybe a little step behind, whereas Scotty Barnes is exactly part of what the Raptors do defensively, right? He's like yeah. a 6'9", switchable guy who can guard anybody out there. They're both probably better offensively than anybody thought they were going to be this year. So I don't know. Like, you can't vote for a split, 
but it nope. could easily be a split. And I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world. Let's go Grant Hill and Jason Kidd all over again. Hey, I love this idea because uh, by all accounts, all of these people with votes, they're already on the phone with each other saying, hey, are we putting Jokic as a forward so we can get him on the first team with Embiid? Are we doing that? Well, while you're on that same call, just say, all right, uh, you're going to vote for Mobley and I'll vote for Barnes. And then we'll just like, we'll evenly split it and we'll have a tie like it's Grant Hill and Jason Kidd back in the day for ROI. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that one's tight. It's down to those two guys for sure. Um, Yeah, and most improved... Is it John Morant still like, I know that he was the odds on favorite from Vegas, but he's now he's missed so many, so many games. And there are of course other great candidates. And I also, I find it still so weird. This idea like, okay, hell of a jump to go from, well, he really went from like, some say good to great. He was probably already great and went to like superstar level when he was playing. I thought we had awards for those type of players. I thought they were all NBA selections, but now apparently they're MIPs too. I don't know. Uh, so Tess, which one are you intrigued by as we sort of laid the case for a lot of those? I th- I saw a headline yesterday that said Yanis Tetokupo should be most improved player. And that was a respectable outlet. It wasn't just some uh, some blog. Wasn't Ballsack uh, Sports or something? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> oh. it wasn't. Re- maybe it wasn't respectable. I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know who gets most approved. That the games played question is is a good one. I think the, the one that makes me think over and over and over again as to who would get my vote is the rookie of the year award. I, I don't know who uh, who who will take it. I, I, the the fact that Evan Mobley's been hurt has definitely helped Scotty Barnes. Uh, Scotty's getting stronger as the year goes on, while it feels like Evan Mobley. Uh, yeah, hasn't played his strongest here at the end. It felt like he he peaked earlier, and that's why everyone was locked in looking at mm-hmm. this guy who could be an all defensive uh, player in his rookie year for the f- uh, having a guy on the all defensive team as a rook for the first time since Tim Duncan would be yeah a phenomenal accomplishment. I, I'm not sure he gets there now because of the way the last uh, few weeks have gone. Uh, but yeah, Scotty Barnes, when you're when you're splitting hairs with the uh, how close these guys lines are i think the the fact that he's going to play more games you know five to seven more games helps he's getting stronger as the year goes on he's getting involved at the end of games in the offense a little bit more than evan mobley was towards the end so that one is a a real tough one Uh, i think a a split would not be a bad idea i don't think uh, john hollinger's idea of kevin love being the sixth man is a good idea nah. at all i've yeah. watched i think i've watched every kevin love minute out there i don't <laughs> i don't get the argument i i haven't read john's article yet it's flagged it's a saved stories later on my a- athletic app but I, I hit the 13 and 7 and being a consistent guy off the bench for the Cavs is definitely important for them uh, but Tyler Hero's 20-plus points is ridiculously important for the Miami Heat, who've missed everybody uh, with a ton of games, a ton of absences from yeah. their starting lineup. But he's he's just as important, even when they're playing, as a, a creator. And so I, I don't get uh, Kevin Love's great shooting, his uh, his fantastic outlet passing. I, 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 don't, I don't buy it. I think, uh, I think Tyler Hero has... Run away with that award, and and Kevin Love's important because they need scoring, and especially with all those guys out, they lack that. But yeah, the Heat need Hero and his playmaking. 
equally as much or, or more. Uh, so uh, yeah, Hollinger's uh, vote for love is just a pushback against the yay points guy off the bench uh, that Seth Partnow has uh, famously come up with, which it you know it generally goes to. It's right, Trey. It's it's Clarkson. It's Crawford's. It's you know these type of yeah, guys. But what is he doing otherwise? Yeah, he's he's sucking up boards. He's he's sucked up seven boards a game. But <laughs> I mean, a love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, what's what's the what's the the argument there? I don't I don't think that. Yeah, that props him over those seven boards. Props him over Hero at all. Yeah, no, I I would be voting for Hero if I had a vote in this one. I wouldn't overthink it. Maybe Holders, maybe just he's thinking clicks, man. This guy's smart. We got to get something in here. (laughs) Oh, he's not a clicks. Oh yeah, come on, Clickman. You want to come on? He's smart. He's smart. (laughs) He knows they got to get some buzz going for this article. He looked at the rest (laughs) of me. He's like, oh, this is pretty uh, by the book here. Uh, What could I do? here. Oh, maybe make a case for Kevin Love. That'll get the people talking. <laughs> and it is, because we're talking about it. That'll get the yard barking. Yeah. When when JD opens up the classic factory again, when he opens yeah. up the gates, uh, we better have John Hollinger come in. Sure. Get him in there. He's a local. He's a local boy. Get him in there so we can talk about this ridiculous argument yeah no thank you <laughs> the uh, whole time we're just gonna be asking about kevin love that's it <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's uh let's hear from you guys in the stream team all three of those questions uh first off which star is under the most pressure heading into the postseason which first round series are you most excited about you want to see happen and then this last one besides mvp which is still coming down to the wire uh which award has you most intrigued hey maybe you're real sick of maybe it's the coaches tray that have you <laughs> it's all not bothered. it's not no no <laughs> no definitely not okay no, uh, not you guys were furious when i wanted to include coach of the year, coach of the year. <laughs> awards i love it i love it <laughs> who do you think's gonna win it though tass it all like who do you think the voters ultimately go with not who you think could, oh, should win yeah it's gonna you be think- a full monty yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. Probably Could, the first it unanimous coach be. of the it year. It better be. If he gets Thibodeau again here, that's that's bad. That's bad. You can yeah. let it happen he, once, but not the second time. Not when they improved. I mean, yeah, he's winning it. Like, who else is going to get some decent looks? Spolstra, Spolstra, Heater, Taylor Jenkins, Taylor Jenkins for sure. Yeah, I think he's time. second, probably. He's yeah. he's okay. big time. The uh, especially with John Morant going out at the end of the season and the way they've played with him gone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, we'll see. I know uh, our guy Dan Devine just posted his picks for all the awards, and he has an official ballot. So I haven't had a chance to read it. It just went live right before we jumped on here. But my point is, like, you're going to start seeing all these people with actual votes. Their columns are coming out here, Tass, over the next couple days, and we're going to have a better idea, maybe, where these votes are going to be going. Uh, do we know when they're announcing all this stuff? Like, what are we doing with this? Are like we waiting until after the postseason and all that crap again, or do we find out right know. away? I don't we, know. Are, ask ask all these ballot guys, ga- all, yeah, all these know. writers, you know, the ballot boys, all, all, all these podcasts that you're listening to. Why don't they reveal when they're? Uh, I guess it they sounds don't, like they I got to ca- sounds revealed. like I got to catch myself a Mike Bass and uh, find out uh, <laughs> when we're uh, finding out these. Uh, these actual winners. That's a joke for the sickos out there. If you got that one, wow. you're in too deep. Okay? You think it is crazy knowing a referee's name? If you know the 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 VP of Director of Communications for the NBA, then... Woo. Who you guys got home to, taking home uh, Ref of the Year? The big ROI. Mm. <laughs> ROI this year? It's tough. I like... Uh, what's, what's the guy's name that they call Ref Bay? 
Uh, like, so, yeah, Foul Bay. I don't know what that guy's foul name Bay. He's yeah. Foul Bay, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. He's <laughs> had a What's great year. No, don't know. Yeah. Foul Bay is his yeah. name. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Uh, we're going to take one more break. Ballots are due Monday night, John Schumann has written, when the announce is to be determined. Oh, yeah, that's what I wanted to Thank you, John. Thanks, Johnny. Um, good. Almost went a podcast without mentioning John Schumann's name. Uh, we'll be right back for a little tweet of the night. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, back here with the boys. Little no dunks on a Thursday. Big sports day today, right? Baseball's back. Baseball's back. And the Masters starts today. Just down the road from Lee's house in Augusta. (laughs) Um, I must have already tipped, right? Golf tips off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, what do they call that? Tea time. Tea time, yeah. Um, Teed off. I assume so. Probably. Uh, Tiger's playing, right? Yeah, he had, uh, he had 175 yards on his second shot oh, on hole one. Jeez, man, dog lock, <laughs> hit dog the front leg. of the green and it spun off. But uh, he can save it. Nice. <laughs> save uh, it. All right. So, and uh, what? The Blue Jays are winning the World Series apparently yeah. this year, or it might be Braves Jays in the World Series. Is that what's yeah. happening? Yeah, touchdowns galore in baseball this season. What does that mean? Oh, a lot of a lot of field goals. A lot of, what the a lot hell are of, you talking about? Uh, I just like saying different sporting oh, okay. terms for different sports. Uh, you were, uh, I think it was you sharing an article. Maybe it was you, Taz. I saw it. Uh, what, what they're allowed the the catchers are allowed to like use this device. What is this pitchcom or what the hell is it called? Romcom? What is it? It's crazy. So the catchers are allowed to have uh, this device on their armband. Okay. Which. Tells the pitcher where where they it's calling for pitches. Hey, up fastball, fastball in, uh, curveball down. They press it on the the actual pad, yeah, and it gets transferred to not only the pitcher but three other infielders, so they know where to position themselves. And it gets it's in the cap of the pitcher and and those fielders, and it's an audio fastball in. No and way, it's audio. Yeah, yeah, it's audio. So it's supposed to <laughs> reduce sign stealing. Number yeah. one, you know, and, and also speed up the game because quite often catchers will go out to the pitcher. Yeah, and, yeah, right, right. And they'll be like, okay, these are the signs that we need to to deal with. And we don't have pitchers looking in their caps at times for the sign. Well, you better hope the Wi-Fi works well or you're going to go here. <laughs> yeah. Bluetooth No, but hey, hey, a lot of people angry or seeing these comments here. And Sam, you know, no saying this is stupid. Oh, hey, wow. listen, listen. It speeds up the game. It was done in spring training. It was done in A-ball. 
apparently it speeds up the game. And it's yeah. it's up to the catcher and the pitcher and the fielders if they want to do it. They don't have to do it. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, but it makes a fastball inside. <laughs> so won't, like, uh, base runners just be trying to, like, stand by the guys now <laughs> over here? Like yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't, yeah. They got to run away. And if they want to play up the middle because the shift is still still around, yeah, they. I guess they, they run back to their position. I know it sounds crazy. It sounds right. crazy, but apparently awesome. it's good. It's good for the game. Good pace. Good pace. Good pace. Oh, well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, okay, let's get to tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Tweet. Uh. Chunky tweet of the night segment coming at you. A lot of hot stuff going down on the Twitter <laughs> last night. But first, I want to show you something from the stream team from Johnny Schumani here. He mentions Foul Bay <laughs> is David Guthrie, I believe. Yeah. And that is exactly right. right. So let's hear your cases for David Guthrie winning. <laughs> Ref of the oh. year. Yeah. Oh, my favorite Atlanta Brave, Avery Guthrie. You're wearing a Braves hat. You remember Avery Guthrie? Big lefty. No, 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 no. Okay, bye. (laughs) Okay, bye. Oh, on to the tweet of the night. It's a big one. Skeetia alluded to it earlier. We're talking about Quinn Snyder. The tweet comes from Dana underscore green. And the tweet is about Quinn Snyder. He does not like the narrative that Donovan Mitchell is intentionally not passing the ball to Rudy Gobert. He makes a lot of good points in this video, including that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell occasionally sit next to each other for meals. So in your face, if you think they have problems with each other. But what we're talking about here is Quinn Snyder's beautiful vest that he was wearing for this. (laughs) Looks like it might be insulated somehow. Maybe like, I don't know, Nike makes like those insulated running vests or something like that. But first thing I thought of when I saw Quinn rocking the vest was that he looks like the lunatic fringe Dean Ambrose back in the shield days. Especially once you get Quinn going crazy on the sidelines, getting very upset. He's got, you know, a kind of a wet look hair as well as Dean did early in his WWE career. But then I couldn't stop thinking about this scene from Black Widow, which I just recently watched when Yelena is explaining to Natasha that she finally got to buy something of her own and that it was a vest with a lot of pockets and you can put a whole bunch of stuff in there. So... That's what I was thinking about, you know, when you see a guy show up to a press conference wearing a very cool vest, you just think about all the cool vests you've ever seen. I don't know what else. So, yeah, Uh, you guys guys like to wear vests? Tess, I know you've been wearing a vest. I've seen you wearing a vest around the classic factory here and there. Oh, yeah, I've uh, I've adopted the Southern style, this Southern preppy gentleman. Yeah, Yeah, they like a vest down here. Oh, they, they love a vest down here. <laughs> oh, yeah, we know some people who wear vests. Oh, oh my God, they love it. It's just, uh, it's just so easy. It's convenient. Keeps the heart warm. Without, <laughs> I don't, without, I don't, I don't get it. Warm. I don't. Does it? I don't understand how it keeps you warm. But obviously, <laughs> somewhat keeps you cool enough too. Because <laughs> I never understood the yeah, like the 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 jacket vest. I guess what we're talking about here, not a suit. Not a suit vest. <laughs> yeah, always coat if you like, will. What? I just don't get like my heart isn't cold. Oh, well, oh it well, is. People would argue with that, but uh, <laughs> you know, like my chest is not cold, but my arms are too hot. Like, I'm, it's, oh, it's, that's why you got to keep warm. Triple H and F: head, heart, hands, and feet. 
Uh, you got to keep the heart warm. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's like, uh, head, you know. You lose a lot of heat through your head. Triple right? yeah, yeah. and F. I guess yeah. I've never I need really a better, thought I need a about acronym. it. A vest. I mean, really, a vest is just, it's shorts for your upper body. Exactly. I never thought of it that way, but. Yeah, keeping weird. it cool, but it, it's still keeping it warm <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> uh, but the camouflage um, with uh, Quinn Snyder. I mean, that's hot down here as well, obviously. That's camouflage? Isn't Is it, it a camouflage pattern? No, uh, I think it's puffy. Oh, like, yeah, it's it looks puff. like a puffy. Yeah. Little puff, little oh, puffery. you're right. You're it looks right. like a tactical, though, type of vest. Like, he's robbed somebody or like... Yeah. 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 The question is, what, like, what, what was he doing before this that he had the vest on? Well, he robbed a... Yeah, he got some <laughs> diamonds or something, <laughs> yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, what's he storing in all of these pockets? Um, but it's true. Vests are back right now. Oh, sorry about that. Vests are actually back. Sweater vests are surprisingly hot right now. People love the Doug Funny look. Could be a good pick and payoff. Vest only. Cisco style. Wow. <laughs> Here's your second okay. tweet of the night, which I just thought was a hilarious tweet. Comes to us from Legion Hoops, telling us about a story on HBO's The Shop. Atlanta rapper Gunna asked LeBron on HBO's The Shop if his son, who is in high school... Bronny could beat actual LeBron James on the basketball court. <laughs> LeBron replied, nah, he can't beat me. LeBron is second in the league in scoring right now, and his son is not even a senior in high school. But thank you for asking, Gunna, just so we can get confirmation. LeBron James, <laughs> still better than a teenager. Good tweet. That's it. Yeah. I don't think the uh, the open-eyed emoji <laughs> was necessary. <laughs> don't think Can it's you that believe it? <laughs> or wild. Uh, Andrew, any thoughts on either that tweet uh, or or the Quinn Snyder look, the vest? Uh, I think the vest is more of the speedo of the upper body because <laughs> the shorts is just a short sleeve shirt. Jeez, oh, <laughs> damn the speedo. Yeah, once that's you're showing gr- shoulders, it's like showing thighs. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You're right. Mm. All right. Yeah, it's better. I never really thought of a t-shirt as shorts either. <laughs> well, you don't, you don't <laughs> wear speedo over shorts. Like I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's oh, the thing. Yeah, Two layers right. helps. Right, right, right. The shorts case. That's, that's all I've got. <laughs> it is great. I I mean, I just noticed it like the last time we put it up. He's looked like he just robbed a bank and he's sitting in front of a sign that says Zion's bank. So it looks like he like just got got done taking it for all the money. <laughs> Yeah. Great stuff. Way to go, Quinn. Quinn. And uh, how do you feel, Tass, about uh, about the actual comments? Like, if I if I uh, if you see two people sitting down having chicken fingers together, does that mean they're cool? You know, because that's what Quinn mm. Snyder's saying. They have they have they have lunch together. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Maybe. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that was not convincing. Not at all. No. And he said, "Yeah, they they have lunch together." Sometimes. Do they ride in together to practice? No, I don't think so. <laughs> that would be even weirder. Do they uh, both wear vests? <laughs> Maybe. That, the, the Jazz should definitely do that. You know, like we've seen LeBron uh, get his team a whole bunch of short suits. Yeah, Rudy Gobert should buy everybody on the Jazz vests that they have to wear to their first game. 
It's a great idea. Arms out too. Tough look. <laughs> Arms <Yeah>. out. <laughs> uh, great, great tweets of the night there, Trey. Plural. Uh, send in your questions, guys, Chunky. to athletic.com. Follow us on all the social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Get yourself an athletic subscription. Just a dollar a month for up to six months. You can get this very podcast ad-free if you want uh, with your with an athletic subscription. I heard you, Andrew, uh, on the Daily Ding this morning. Um, so you can listen to that one ad-free as well if you get that athletic subscription. Who were, we, who were you with uh, this morning? Um, Keith Parrish. Keith Parrish. I couldn't think of his first Yeah. Um, yeah, you guys were talking about last night's game, so go check that out. Support Andrew, doing a great job here. Man, you got a lot of podcasts today, Andrew. You had the Ding. You had this one. You got no buffs coming up later with Trey and I as we talk about That's Survivor. Right. I'm probably forgetting another one. You might have another one for all I know. Uh, you're, yeah, doing, you're, you're doing no bunts, I think. We're doing a baseball uh, podcast. No bunts. <laughs> What's our golf podcast called? No bunkers? <laughs> no bunks. <laughs> no bunks. No buffs, <laughs> <laughs> no, no bunks, no dunks, no bunts. It's like so confusing. No breaks. So, sorry, Andrew, I interrupted you. What were you going to say? You've got another podcast lined up? You oh, have to I'll, plug it. I've always got a, another podcast about the reverse standing. So if anybody's into the, the other side of the NBA mm. where we just talk about losing, oh. uh, down, down to dunk is always a place for, for where losing is winning. Okay. Oh, nice. Get it. me on right. there, please. The Bulls have been terrible since the All-Star break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had me on the first half of the season for the slam and jam. Like, you're like, we'll get you back sometime when the Bulls are playing well again. And it hasn't happened yeah. since, unfortunately. Hasn't. Yikes. Yikes. Mm. All right. Well, check out all of Andrew's podcasts that he's either hosting or producing or at most <laughs> of the times both. Check that out. Support him. No buffs later today for you survivor sickos uh, that has its own YouTube feed, its own podcast feed. Just Trey and I today. So me, look, I'm going to say this now. We know it won't be true. Maybe it'll be a shorter version of no buffs with just Trey and I talking about it. But you guys have sent in some great questions uh, by way of Twitter for our tree mail segment when we answer a bunch of those. So check out last night's survivor and then join us around 3 p.m. Eastern over on no buffs, the YouTube channel, if you want to join us live. And otherwise that podcast will go up a little bit later. Can't wait for that. Yeah, I got Tomorrow. a question. Yeah. What was with that tribal? I'm sure you're talking about it in your A block there you go. rather than your B block. Can't wait. That's that's right. That's right. I'll have to make sure. Tess uh, wrote in or yeah. wants to know about the tribal. Uh, that's later today. But tomorrow, Drop Podcast. Join us here at 10 a.m. Eastern live. We're going to have, well, I was going to say the whole band back together. JD, obviously, he's still in Mexico. But uh, Lee will, in theory, be joining us from Aruba. So... We'll talk about uh, tonight's game, some big ones on, and uh, maybe, should I do the uh, 10 all-NBA teams tomorrow? Hmm, should I fire that Ooh. out tonight? That's a possibility. Yeah, that, that's a strong possibility. We'll see if I have the time to do that. So, anyway, join us live tomorrow morning. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Uh, thanks for joining us, and good news for you, Andrew. You won't have to produce No Bunts, the baseball podcast. It's canceled because I was wrong. I said Avery Guthrie was a, an old baseball lefty, but uh, Craig Falconer corrected me in the stream team. It's Mark Guthrie. Totally. To I conflated Avery Guthrie, who I went to school with, with Mark Guthrie. Oh. Uh, a lefty, long time lefty in the league. Long time lefty. <laughs> How was Avery at throwing the old, uh, you know, Hard cork skin. ball? Yeah, cork, oh, cork yeah. ball. <laughs> <laughs> was Avery good test? You know what I'm yeah, Avery, Avery labeled me with the snowball once. Oh, wow. Uh, I still got a scar from it. 
expect. Yeah. Cool. Embrace the day, people. <laughs> Cheers.